Welcome to Why Wonders Why, a companion podcast to smart enough to know better. This episode is titled Book Club Multiverse. Multiverse. We have another book club episode. We should just get straight into it. It's all about, well, books about multiverse. I think it's in the title. I think it's pretty obvious. You're very clever listeners. It's been 11 years. You've known us for a long time. We're not going to beat around the bush here. It's a book club episode. It's about multiverses. Let's do it right now. When I want to talk books... I'm going to, of course, talk to my friend and renowned astrophysicist, Dr. Natasha Hurley-Walker. Hello, Natasha. How are you? Hey, Greg. I'm great. How are you? Good, thank you. Now, I know I can't really say much about your professional career at the moment. There's, there's things that I know that, that, that you're sort of up for and things like that. But we can't – I'm just going to say we can't no. talk about it right now. No, confidential. But, We'd have to kill every single listener. That's true. Just and that would be at least seven people on my conscience. Yeah. That would be shocking. <laughs> and, but that's okay because when I invite renowned – astrophysicists on my podcast i don't want to talk about astrophysics stuff no, that why would you well what's such a waste i mean people i know people they're just like let's pick this amazing scientist brain about all this amazing stuff in the universe no it's not why i invite them on i'm not going to invite if i invited gordon ramsay i would not ask him how to make an omelet that's just stupid that's what that's what weak podcasts do that's what yeah waste the time we're visionaries. We're talking about books here. So that's all. So don't stop asking about astrophysics, everyone. Random person in my head who's screaming at me. And speaking of random people who scream at me, we today have someone else on the podcast, and that is my cohort in crime, Dan Beeston. Hello, Dan. Could, could we get Gordon Ramsay? Is that is that on? Is that something we could do? I would love to talk to Gordon Ramsay about books. <laughs> we, should, we can we can we can put it out to his uh, his people. Our people can talk to his people, and we can see what happens. Gordon, if you're listening, and look, and I assume you are, then then please get in contact. We can pay I you assumed, nothing. I assumed you talk about something completely opposite, right? So if you're talking about astrophysics versus books, you might mm. say, okay, get Gordon Ramsay on talk about tiddlywinks. I don't know, it, it, but like. It, that's just right. wrong for everybody. But we do like to put get our guests on the back foot. <laughs> At every opportunity. Oh, but books are my speciality, besides <laughs> astrophysics. So it's not, I mean, maybe, maybe Gordon's a secret Tiddlywinks fan. I have no idea. Is it, you never know. You never know. To quote Eddie Izzard, seals are good with balls and maybe Gordon Ramsay is good with Tiddlywinks. That's, that's possible. Okay. I'd like to point out, we put Andy Weir on blast and we invited him on the podcast to have a, to have a, have a frank conversation with astrophysicist Dr. Natasha Hurley Walker about the Martian. Didn't get back to me. No one got back to me. Not even his agent. No one. Just total silence. I'm like, mm. he, Andy Weir is, Weir is scared. That's what it is. That's, I, what, that's, all, that's all I can say. Not, not a, I did say some quite intimidating things. You you mm. did, and that's fine. That's not on you, Natasha. That's all. That's all on. That's all on us. That's, that's smart enough. That's fine. Uh, smart enough industries. He's too scared to come on. That's fine, Andy. That's you said, fine. You, I listened to that just recently, and you said that it was a waste of resources to go back for that guy. It and was. I agree. I'm a hundred percent on board. Thank you. Yeah. In fact, Thank I don't. You. I, I think it's a waste of resources to go up in the first place. Why are we spending all this money on rocket ships and? Sp- Space. Like that's a like nothing's good has ever come out of sending people into space, has it, Gregoire? I'm not. Look, the thing is, I know Natasha kind of believes you. Like we've had this conversation, Natasha, haven't we, about space, and that's the whole thing we have to argue about, and 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 as in not looking at space but going there. 
the problem from my point of view is it's probably a pretty slippery slope for people. So if we argue that, oh, we shouldn't go into space because it's a waste of resources, pretty soon this astrophysicist feels like she might be out of work. (laughs) Uh, Pretty slippery slope, like it's made out uh, of Teflon. (laughs) A little bit. But I still feel sorry for all those fictional Japanese scientists, and I will die on that hill. That was not a good call to cancel or use up that Japanese mission to save flipping... Matt Damon, just stop getting stuck, Matt Damon, and we that's, wouldn't have that, a problem. That's right. So, well, the, well, the problem is his crypto ads haven't done very well, so uh, he's got to make money. Anyway, anyway, is we're he getting into crypto. Oh my god! Oh, yeah, he did. That's a whole thing. We're not going to go there. Let's, look, we got really off topic. This is not about Andy Weir and, and his cowardice. Uh, this is not about. Uh, <laughs> I thought this was the Matt Damon podcast that, where it, we it, discuss. It, it, Stories yeah, Matt, of Matt Damon. It's, and, and please, the third person, Matt Damon, hi. <laughs> yes. Mm. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> he might come on, you never know. I can offer him an Ethereum or a Dogecoin. What are we talking about? It's one of those days. An NFT? You could offer an, him an NFT of the show. We could can you do audio NFT. NFTs? Oh, you can do anything NFTs. It's we just could, a link. We could. It's just a link that doesn't have to go somewhere. And look, and I don't mind burning down the future for children I don't have. That's, anyway, moving on. Um... <laughs> Greg feels on NFTs. Why not make a buck and kill the planet at the same time? Sure. Win win. It's worked for people for eons. <laughs> we're, we're not here to talk about our terrifying reality, our, our, this linear timeline that we live in, this, this universe. We're talking about other universes. In fact, many of the, you could say, multiple verses multiverses multiverses yes multiverses. so it's going to be oh, it's like you've coined that that's, i love it thank you multiple verses oh, yeah, is called a poem a multi- <laughs> oh very nice we're going to talk about multiverses today and and books about multiverses i'm sure there must be one or two books about multiverses about that out there or just one handle. written many times <laughs> So we're going to we're just going to chat about multiverse books. And listeners, if you know of any multiverse books, you can now yell them at your podcasting device. And uh, and hopefully in one universe, the one that you yell will be the one that Natasha and Dan and I are going to be talking about very soon. And you're going to feel really special. So I hope that works out for you. Statistically possible. But Depends if you have more than seven listeners. I think, mean. Well, that's <laughs> <laughs> we have seven monkeys listening to seven. Anyway. <laughs> So, listener, I want you to think about a sci-fi book involving multiverses now. You got it in your head? No, no seriously, think about it. I want you to think about it. I don't want you to I stop thinking about lunch or whatever humans think about at this time. Or, listen to, or running or whatever you do or, or, or anything else. And think about it. Uh, I, I don't know how humans work. And, and think of a, the book. And then now, Natasha's, what book are we going to be talking about? So today we are going to be talking about version control by. That's Dexter the one Palmer. I was thinking. <laughs> That's incredible. That is so unbelievable. weird. Unbelievable. <laughs> it's weird. It, it is weird. That timeline. <laughs> so version control by who? Sorry. By Dexter Palmer. Dexter Palmer. Okay. And yeah. why? Why would did you pick this book, Version Control? Okay, so I think this is probably my favorite multiverse book. Also, it's got a reference to software engineering. Version control is what we use to keep all of our code synced between mm-hmm. different versions. Oh, my God. So it's already got a nerdy title, which I'm <laughs> thrilled about. Um, okay, and then we just get into my biases. Mm-hmm. So the main character is, okay, She's this is a little bit like the time traveler's wife in this respect because she is not a physicist. Her husband is a physicist, which uh, does drive me a, a tiny bit nuts because why couldn't we have had the female as the main character? Anyway, it's fine. A lady physicist? <laughs> My goodness. 
steady. So, <laughs> yeah, you can watch her. I'll just leave. No. <laughs> a wife of this physicist who has invented a magic box, which he prefers not to call a time machine. And it is... You know, not really, no one's really sure that this thing actually works because basically every time they try to walk into this box, nothing actually apparently happens. So mm. it's sort of disappointing. It's like all the math works, but then nothing ever actually happens. So one night, she's, she and him, you know, they have a bit of a dysfunctional relationship and their son, you know, their family is on the rocks. Hey, it's it's all very difficult, you know. But, um, well, oh, Greg and Dan pulling out the 1950s humor. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, everyone. I'm not sure we even got it. Just shoo, yeah. <laughs> or behind my head, below. I don't know. It's to the side. All right. So one night, she and her friend they go out. They have a they have a good night. They and then she's like, "Wouldn't it be funny if we broke into the lab and like try out that time machine that doesn't work?" Mm. And her friend is like, "Probably not." But anyway, mm. we're drunk. Mm. Let's do it. So they go in and absolutely but, nothing can, happens. Can I just say that that's that is when the best people say, "Where do your stories come from, Greg?" And I always say. Exactly that. It's like yeah. after a few drinks, you think, why don't we break into a lab and go into a time machine that doesn't work or your equivalent therein? And then, therefore, if you survive it, you have stories for the rest of time, uh, which if may you be very one, short. You would, you would surely try it, right? <laughs> Absolutely. You surely would. So, so they go and nothing happens. And, mm. uh, but then for like the next week or so, she sort of feels like something isn't, hundred percent right something is kind of weird about everything and it's just not really clear what is wrong and you also have this kind of unreliable narrator aspect and also quite a lot about surveillance capitalism she works at a social media company and so there start to be these sort of weird coincidences with the company that she's managing and everything just feels a bit strange and she it talks about cat food up. and then she starts getting ads for cat food yeah <laughs> it's like of. that you know well, you, you, you say, let's go out for tapas. And, you know, it suddenly is a thing. Everybody's going out for tapas and it just mm. never was a thing before. This happened to me 10 years ago. It was very strange. <laughs> anyway, she goes to pick up her son and in, this is like set, ooh, just a little bit in the future. And there are autonomous cars. So she's in an autonomous car. I don't know if you've ever considered what it would be like to be in an autonomous vehicle, but the five pages about what happens when the autonomous car doesn't quite work properly are pretty much the most gripping bit of fiction that i've ever read like i had sort of thumbprints in the pages of this book so highly recommend it just for the autonomous car scene even if you're not into multiverses and then what happens next sort of spirals completely out of control so it, i can't really talk beyond that without oh, okay. spoilers okay but right. there's the, the time machine, obviously, it would be a bit of a boring book otherwise, does kind of work, but not in the way that you'd expect. So it's it's got this sort of thriller intensity to it, where you're kind of guessing all the time about what's going to happen, how is this going to how is this going to work, and of course it's got this central kind of heart to it about a family where things aren't quite working as they should, and you know you kind of want everybody to have like a, a happy ending where they all live happily mm. ever after, but you know surveillance capitalism plus terrifying autonomous cars plus a time machine that may or may not work mm. all kind of adds up to this sort of thriller gripping uh story so i loved it i highly recommend it and it, it's great because nobody else seems to have read it no. so i can recommend it and no one ever goes nah i've already read that no everyone's like oh, okay uh i'll try and write that down so it's i've great. never ever ever before you talked about it, i've never even heard of it so that's absolutely true i uh, look i'm gonna have to say you don't want to do spoilers but i'm i'm not too stupid 
we're doing a podcast about multiverses and you're talking about a time machine that people get in and nothing seems to change. So kind of go out on a limb here and say the wrong trouser of time, maybe like creating a whole new multiverse and she just stays in hers, but, but actually there's a whole new one created. Look, I'm not read it. I don't know. You get, don't just blink once for yes, two or twice for no. This is the great thing is it actually (laughs) surprised me. Oh. So what, what, how it all works and what the outcome is, I had not seen before, huh, okay. you know, on the TV or in, in other books yeah. or anything. I was like, no, this, this is genuinely weird and new. And so I think, I think unique pretty much. I've not read anything since that did the same idea. Highly recommend it because you will be keep, you'll keep thinking, oh, no, no, no. Okay. This is how it works. And then you'll be wrong, which uh, yeah, Ooh. you can guess how it works before you're actually revealed. You know, hats off to you. I'll be I honest. always love time travel that's, that brings something new to it because historically time travel is either I get back in time and I try to stop the thing that is, that happens. And the fact that I went back in time is the thing that makes the thing happen. Mm, or sure. it's I go back in time and I change stuff. And when I go back to the future, everything's changed. Mm. And now I have to. And it's always worse. And mm. it's always worse. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. When I Stephen wish- King finally got into that with 221163. I mean, it's obviously just a big love song to the 60s. Have you, have you read it? No, it's, no, no, uh, no, no. No? Oh, I, you know. Look, if you're going to be shocked time... at all the books I haven't read, you're going to spend a lot of this podcast just with your jaw it's on the drop floor. Stephen drop. King! Stephen King! I don't, never, I don't like Stephen King books. I'm not, I'm not a fan. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to honestly say, and that's a big call. Everyone else is like mad for him. And, and I just heard, I just heard our friend and author John Birmingham just, send the dogs on us but i'm not a, i'm not a fan of stephen king i'm gonna say it gonna i've say read it. one sh- set of short stories by stephen king called four past midnight and it had the langoliers in it and that stayed with me <laughs> might have think i've read that one there you go there's a there's a movie there's a telly movie with mm. balky from perfect strangers as the villain it's awful <laughs> just awful <laughs> Can I just go well, back and is, point? Oh, sorry. Go, yep. I was just going to say it's late Stephen King. So right. he's basically his editor has kind of gone. He died. Who do you, mate? I can't. I'm not allowed to touch. Huh? Mm. Stephen King died. Well, you no, just call him the late. St- oh, not yep. the late. Okay. Yep. Late. Okay. That's in the oeuvre. It's matured. He is. He right. is in his final. Not final. Oh my god. That's mm. something. <laughs> he's not. It's that not early come back Stephen to finish King. him off. <laughs> it's not early Stephen King where it's like really horror. Focused kind of things like really cocaine fueled, yeah. Mm. And it's not Mm. mid Stephen King where it's like fantasy epics like the Talisman and um, the Dark Tower and all that stuff. Mm. Mm -hmm. It's kind of later Stephen King where no one's allowed to say no to Stephen King, Mm. so it's just Mm. it's just kind of baggy. Should I should I guess that the main character is an author? Yeah, exactly. He's a he's an author struggling, you know. As usual. No, come on, come on. I actually he's can't an, remember. He's an author with an enormous set of genitals. <laughs> well, yeah. So he goes back to stop the assassination of JFK, and then exactly what you said. Like, well, besides the fact that he meets the love of his life, oh. you know, back in time. So there's always that doomed. Was it Jackie thing. Onassis? Tell me, it was Jackie um, Onassis, and then therefore he's like, I'm going to kill. I just saved JFK, but now I have to go kill him again because I want to marry his wife. That, that, there you go, Stephen. You can have that Spoilers. story. <laughs> but yeah, as you know, it's just Back to the Future. He gets gets to the future, and it's like, oh, it's rubbish. So he has I wish to go I... back and unkill unkill JFK. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> un unkill him. So ki- right, yes. People decided to listen to this podcast and were waiting for multiverse stories. We just seem to be talking about time travel all the time, that, and that's that's the common thing that comes up in these stories. Multiverses and time travel seem to go together all the time, but not in all stories. 
But yeah, no, yeah. I, version control. I haven't actually said that it's anything to do with time travel. They, it was a time machine. Early on in the physics, they think it's a time machine, but uh, I have not confirmed or denied that that's actually what's going on. So, because as I say, every time you go in, nothing happens. You mm, just, you know, no mm. time is changed. So, have a read and mm, then come back okay. to me and tell me All if right. you think it's about time. Maybe it's travel. like hyper git, and you can like make a, a branch, and then you can check out between Ooh. branches and then merge Ooh. the branches back. <gasps> can you actually do that though? Because every time I use git, I'm like, oh no. Oh no, I've put myself in a horrifying state and I'm just Googling for like, oh, yeah, unless I can... just stick on the main branch. That's, just, that's, that's the, that's the lesson I have. That's my big Don't first fork. mistake. Yeah. Terrifying. Never stay on the main Don't branch. Fork. Never stay on the main branch. <laughs> Keep them going. It means the, uh, multiverse police can't catch you either. That's a story I shouldn't tell you. Now, mm. the, talking about with multiverses though, I, for a long time, I just have, this is probably a mental illness thing more than anything else, but, but maybe not. I sometimes had this feeling uh, in my life that I noticed something in the world, like a, like a vehicle I've never seen before and they're just common. And, and go, then it's everywhere. And it's everywhere. Right? And I'm like, and I, and I go and check and go, well, that must just come out. And they go, this has been in production for 15 years. I went, crap. There's no way. I've never seen this, this vehicle, this very obvious style of vehicle. And so I came up and not just that people's hair color has changed in my life. Uh, nothing huge. All these changes every so often. And I have a theory that, that, that the universe went, like I go into a, I mean, I'm in a branch of a multiverse. And when I realize what's different, what I, to the main branch, when I go to sleep, the universe just shunts me over to another, another branch of the multiverse and goes, enjoy that. And, uh, and then when I work what it is now, you go, wait, you used to have red hair. And they're like, no, I've always been blue hair. You're like, ah, and when you go to sleep again, you get shunted across again to a new one. I, I really, really strongly believe this for a long time. I think it's nice that you have such an agreeable universe that does it while you're sleeping. And not like mid conversation, because that would be really confusing. That's um, but it's yeah, on I to agree. me though. It's on to me. Yeah, though. that's the yeah, thing. Yeah, there it's, you go. So it's a conscious universe. It's, it's uh, well, yeah, it's, it's and it's out to get me. That's the other point. That's the other thing. It's the paranoia of a place. I suspect this Greg. has more to do with you just being bad at looking at stuff. How dare you, man! I, I've never seen before in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to agree with Greg here, though. I had a word for it at some point, like like a like a time slip or something it just you feel like you've just slightly moved sideways mm. that you're just in a slightly different reality this is what i mean about the tapas thing like sometimes mm. like 10 years ago someone said let's go out for tapas and i was like what is tapas and they were like oh it's like spanish food and then suddenly <laughs> there were all these tapas bars i'm like but these mm. weren't here this was a bookshop this was a pharmacy mm. i swear mm. no they were always tapas bars what no, nah, you're both terrible at looking at stuff, and as soon as you actually notice something, then you realise it's everywhere. Yeah, that's there's, there's that's how brains work. Theory, there's nothing though. special about it. The other one I'll I, give, the one I re- I, re- I realised was actually worked out what happened. I used to, I, I was walking around here in Perth, Australia, going, oh, I'd really like some, I'd really like some sushi hand rolls. Oh, I'd love, I'd love some sushi hand rolls for lunch, just just a random day, and I was like. That'll be pretty easy. They're everywhere. So it's a thing you just, it's just, it's just, it's just everywhere. And I went walking and wandering around and couldn't find one and couldn't, I was like, this is really hard to find. It's really hard to finally found one in town. But I was like, this has felt really weird to me because I know that they're everywhere and, and I had this very strong idea. And I was like, once again, oh my God, I've gone into a universe that has minimal hand rolls. And I was had that, that in my head. It's like, what a terrible universe. And, and I've moved but hang on, a- hang on, hang on. Is that universe just Perth though? 
joke for Perth listeners. And then, and then, I mean, that is and, just Perth, right? And then that's, and that's, what, and that's, and that's where we're leading to. I happened to go back to Brisbane and Brisbane's just full of the damn things. Yeah. And that's, that was my yeah. memory was Brisbane's just like every time a shop closes down, a nice hand roll person moves in and, uh, and they just got it next to the hand roll, next yeah. to a hand roll, next to a hand roll. Yep. We're all yeah, here on, this? on the, the prime earth, a earth, and they're over there on P earth. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I'll give you that. Well done. Nicely done. <laughs> That's why we have Dan on. <laughs> yes. So multiverse, it's, it's, it's probably, yeah, you're probably right, Dan. It's probably just confirmation bias on my part, but still, I'd I like, like to, to think, think I'm more important. I like something more sinister is going on, yeah. yeah so I, I like We've already got I, enough sinister things going on on Earth. <laughs> I like the fact, Natasha, you were just saying, I like to think that more sinister stuff is going on. Not that I'm worried. Or can, you're like, no, I really, I really want there to be terrible things behind. I want Although, the cop of the universe to be against me personally. I'm now actually overthinking everything that I say because somebody picked a fight with me on Twitter, like in, I think in Russian. I'm not great. It just oh. said, I just said translate tweet. Mm. And then they accused me of being mind controlled mm. and that I had changed my stance between um, publishing a paper and giving a short public seminar about it, um, which is, I'm not changing my stance, mate. I'm going to say things differently in a scientific paper than I am going to say to like the general public. Anyway, mm. why do I fight? Why do you, don't fight with pigs? You both get dirty, but only the pig enjoys it. Like it was just a bad idea. He now he sort of accused me of like, oh, you you changed your mind. You said a different thing on this date. Like he'd gone through my timeline. Oh. And like picked out when I said which things. timeline? Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so now I'm like dramatically overthinking everything that I say. But he probably won't find me here, right? I'm safe. Well, unless he's one of the seven, probably. You sound like we're being listened to by a panel of Illuminati <laughs> who can control the universe. We're being listened to by the seven. The seven. <laughs> so yes, uh, four's my favorite, by the way. Hey, four. Love you. You're cool. Don't split our audience like that. Don't pick them against each other. Technically, also technically right down the middle. Nicely done. So it's version control uh, by Dexter Palmer. Everyone should race out and read it. It makes me think, without having read it, it, it brings to mind a movie I call Primer because that's what it should be called, but it, but supposedly it's called Primer. And what? And it's called Primer. It's uh, the, no, supposedly it's called Primer, and it's uh, the author, the, the the writers of the movie. It's Primer. They keep saying Primer, but it's like GIF and GIF. The universe decided that it's GIF, but actually it's GIF, and you should all get over it. And um, and and Dan doesn't care. So we're not going to get into this argument again. But it's uh, just because the author says that it's Primer. No, sorry, it's Primer, which is funny because when it comes to GIF and GIF, I go with the author of the of GIFs. That's why I call it the GIF. But it's, everyone calls it GIFs. But when it comes to Primer, I refuse to call it Primer. I call I it Primer. Refuse. Death of the author. That um, movie is out of their hands now. It's Primer. Yep. It's Sorry. Primer. It's I mean, also, movie, so. to, to call it Primer, you just put another M in there and it's Primer. If you wanted to call it Primer, you put another M in there. Also, the universe that they travel to, the timeline that they travel to, isn't like more proper with more tea sets and like, <laughs> ladies in <laughs> extensive yeah. bustles and things. Oh. So it is not Primer. Maybe it's definitely right. Primer. It's, Maybe it's, they keep going back in time to try to make the, their universe Primer because it gets prim. so messy. It's true. More prim. Yes. But the thing is, like, Glimmer has two mm. M's. Mm. Slimer has one mm. M. Like, mm. we have word letters for a reason. It's it's like it's almost like English is a total total mess. But for those who don't know what the heck we're talking about, in that it's a time travel story. But they don't 
they're not trying to build a time machine. They're trying to build an inertia reduction machine. They're trying to reduce mass technically or, or effective resting mass. Whatever you put in the box should lose mass. Uh, in this story, the, when mass goes to zero, then weird shit starts happening with, when it comes to time. Cause you know, time and space and length are all linked and, um, uh, Lawrence transformations, blah, 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 blah. So that's their MacGuffin to do time travel and becomes a time travel story. And, and also it's really about friends not trusting each other. And, and yeah. that's quite an and interesting, no cause that, that's another way that people approach time travel that felt different to the, mm. like the two standard ones I mentioned before mm. is that it involves getting into a box and waiting the amount of time you want to go backwards mm. rather than forwards and and how how those timelines interlink and how you would get stuck in a particular period in history or try to change things in a particular way and the only way to I stop think maybe it- that's that's sort of the distinction isn't it it's like if to do multiverses you can do multiverses just sort of you just say we are in a great big marvel mcu and hey we opened a portal and now we're in Earth Alpha, and now mm. we're in Earth Beta, and now we're in a. Mm. You just make them up. You just say, ah, we just go between one to the other. Um, but time travel just kind of offers like a reason for this to be happening. And but the, the interesting thing is whether you can move between them or whether they affect each other, or mm. just whether you just have one timeline that you yeah. just constantly are altering. I think those are the, that's the kind of difference there. Getting into actual physics here for a moment, it, it's very it's possible that we live in a much larger. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna explain to the astrophysicists now about. Uh, <laughs> please correct Go me, Doctor Natasha, if I'm wrong. But the, there's an idea of that the universe is much 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 bigger than the visible universe that we have. There are actual other inflationary spaces going on like that are, don't don't intersect. So they're what we'd call other universes out there. That but inside is greater. Swiss cheese of universe, basically, when I think of it that way. And so they, they could technically be called multiverses as well. These universes inside a, a bigger multidimensional space. I don't know. They could. Yeah. I mean, I guess there's the fun thing about fictional multiverses is you can go to them, right? You can go mm. to the different, that, that's what makes them interesting. Otherwise, it's just a sort of theoretical construct. The, in, I, I think my favorite is these cosmological theories is the sort of evolutionary multiverse theory. So if you have a universe with a set of conditions that lends itself towards making more universes inside that universe, mm. then kind of with a genetic kind of algorithm, inside those universes, you'll spawn more universes. And mm. so one of the kind of, this is getting very, very speculative, mm. but potentially inside black holes, you have a singularity. Well, what is a singularity, but kind of like a, a point where everything in our universe has stopped working, the physics doesn't work, but you might spawn a new universe. Mm. And so maybe the universes that are best at making black holes are the best that spawn more multiverses and so on. Mm. And that could maybe explain why our universe is good, in which case, you know, like why we're here, but Mm. we're just a side effect. And in Mm. fact, the main purpose of the universe is just to spawn more universes, which is sort of delightfully meaningless. uh, Oh, so maybe, maybe Mm. like we're, Mm. we're killing it because we're making large hadron colliders and making our own, like. So the universe, the universe made a, made a planet and the, and well, solar system with a planet with a weird ape species that's making a device that might be able to make tiny, uh, tiny universes. Well done, universe. It's, it's, it's selfish genes all the way down. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I guess I guess that would be really reassuring because 
then there would probably be lots of us, right? Lots of alien species mm. that could go and make LHCs mm. if that were why, right? But if natural processes make more black mm. holes, mm. then that means there's less intelligent life, which means it is our best interest to make a black hole as soon as possible and show that the universe, it can be done. <laughs> and then there'll be more aliens. That's, I that's, think that logic I, totally that, that, follows. Only this yeah. time, tra- tra- yeah, sure, sure. We'll um, and and if your um, if your Russian stalker would like to get in contact with us, oh and god, to, and to and to point out why you're wrong and how you said the opposite two weeks ago, you can do that at no. Uh, oh dear god. <laughs> well, the, when we're talking about multiverses, we can jump to. That's basically just like island hopping. This is basically mm. this is just the Clash of the Titans stuff was about, wasn't it? The, the Golden Fleece is just island hopping oh, from story yes. to story. So mm. a multiverse, if the if the universes don't connect with each other narratively, then it's just a bunch of stories in different places. Mm. Mm, which is really unsatisfying to us. Yeah, where, yeah whereas all these ones that are, are about how things could be different and that mm. relate more to time travel is much more about humans being re- having regrets and wanting to yeah. go back and change the things that they regret. Which is a very human feeling and a great way to make a story. Yeah, yeah. you, you got to make it relatable in some way. You, you talked about with time travel before. I, I think it was Russell T Davies with Doctor Who said that that's what the TARDIS does. Even though it's a time traveling device, in his mind, it was a way of it was like a canoe moving from island to island. The Doctor would take their companion along to a new island and have an adventure with an exciting species, and then would just get in the canoe and paddle to the next island and could go back to the island. But really, they're just little islands, and that's how. And but that all changed with different showrunners of Doctor Who and they kind of went into multiversal stuff in Doctor Who for a little bit then they went oh no 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 and they kind of pushed it away because I think they realized the giant can of worms that they were opening up with that you can't yeah you have to make a big bold decision anyway we're getting isn't interesting time travel and multiverse just keep it's like it's very hard to separate them out I just did it I just explained that two different things so good that you've had got me on Oh, look, Thanks. I, I, I don't even know who you are, Dan. So I've never met you before. So that's fine. I'm glad. We Didn't should do a pod- you used to have red we hair. Should do, we should do a podcast together or something. That'd be really great. That'd be um. I did used to have red hair. It was a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> so Dan, what have you brought to the proceeding besides your wit and your willingness to to point out my flaws? Ooh, I mean, that's the big stuff. Um, I've also <laughs> read a book called Recursion by Blake Crouch. And this is a story that starts off about memory. So it has Mm. two main characters in it. It has Barry Sutton, who is a New York detective, and he's looking into a phenomenon called false memory syndrome. So there are people in this world who suddenly find themselves in a completely different place than they, or their memory is that I, I have no idea how I got here and I have all of these months or years of memories of a life and no one agrees with me and I can't remember how I got here. Like I have, it's almost like they've slipped into another universe where everything changed at some point. Uh, Don't like that. Yeah. Like some people like, they're like, I'm sure there was sushi places around here (laughs) and there are none to be found. God damn it. (laughs) But it jumps from Barry Sutton to another character called Helena Smith, who's a neuroscientist who's researching a way to advance the memories of, or enhance the memories of people with dementia. So she's trying to make them more vivid, allow them to sort of revisit those memories and, and lock them in and enjoy them more. But when the technology is running, she discovers it's a bit more than just reliving memories. People are able to use it to go back into their memories and to change the outcomes of them. Things really kick off in this story because those people 
people in those memories are able to use the technology to go back in into their memories and then their memories of other people have changed and those people can go back in time or, or go back into their memories. When so you say go back into memories, though, you're not talking about they're just sitting on a couch and going, oh, that time I had that wonderful sushi hand roll. You're talking literally go back. Well, it, it, it discusses how, like, if you could revisit a memory and it was so vivid that you couldn't tell that it was a memory because mm. all it is is data that's... In your brain, like your your brain accepting stimulus, so it's so vivid that you, it was indistinguishable from the the real world, mm-hmm. and then you didn't travel back to the real world. You stayed in the memory. So it's sort of like Inception, but not uh, dreams. Memories. N- well, Inception's about dreams, isn't it? Mm, so yes. mm, yeah. Y- oh. But yes, they, but they were actually stuck inside their bodies, though. Like people were sleeping, yeah. and then and then there was, there was a real world that they were actually in. And they come, oh, or they come back out, but then someone gets there. stuck in there, don't they? Like there's a problem. Yeah, you can you can get stuck in limbo because the time gets slower mm. on every level. Yeah. So like eventually, if you're down like six levels, one second in the real world is a hundred mm. years mm. in limbo okay. or whatever. So but there's still a body similar? out the top. Yes. Um, well, debatable. Comatose or something. The the ending is ambiguous as to whether there really is or whether it's dreams all the way down, which I like. Mm. Um, so it wouldn't but, matter yeah. if you except, were stuck there Except forever. that Michael Caine said, I love the fact that Sir Michael Caine, when asked about went, no, don't be bloody stupid. Of course the top falls over. I saw it. It happened. I'm Michael Caine. That's a, that's a, you have to say that when <laughs> you do a Michael Caine voice. But he just came out and went, no, no, you're all bloody stupid. I'm like, Thank you, Michael Caine. Because I, I just don't think he understood it. But I just love the fact that he came out and went, here's my take on it. And it's the take on it. I'm like, yay. Anyway, made it very good. I hadn't seen that one, but I'll try not to because I quite like the ambiguous ending. <laughs> anyway, so is there like a time aspect? Like a, or do people People are just in comas, living in their memory. Well, it's not about the body that they leave behind. It's about their experience inside the memory. So for all intents and purposes, they are travelling into their past and changing it. And there's a bit more to it than that. But it's that's kind of interesting to read about rather than to... Uh, when when I read it, the, I have actually read this book because Dan asked me ages ago to read it. My take on it, just my take on it, is that they are... They are creating a new universe. They're jumping. It is a physical place. It's not. It's not a memory. They use their memory to the machine and their memory, and they they kill themselves in their universe. Killing themselves. That's that's what made it work. If I remember correctly, mm-hmm. it was that's what made it happen. Yes, they had to. They had to die. Die. Yes. And then and then their consciousness would travel back into their own timeline yes. where they could make changes and so that's that to me makes it sound when i was reading it that it's not they're not because there's no they're dead in that universe and they're jumping they that creates the jump to the side mm. into a whole new universe that's my take on it but of course it's an ambiguous mm. you know sort of thing um and so the the detective barry like he's got an issue in his past a, a loss or a regret that he wants to change and very strongly wants to change mm. and then the woman helena she also has stuff that she wants to fix in the past and mm. it's and again it's like all great time travel stories it's about wanting to change things mm. in the past and to to solve those regrets and of course every time they do it it makes it worse and worse it just gets worse yeah and also because there's it- other people there are other, oh sorry natasha I just, it reminds me of this short story that I am really struggling to remember the name of, and maybe you guys could help me out. I, th- I feel like it's called In Pursuit of Happiness, where happiness is spelled weirdly. But when I Google it, all I can find is this movie with Will Smith, and I'm pretty mm. sure it's not that. 
memory universe stuff again. I'm pretty sure it's it's got Will Smith in it because yeah, when I Google yeah. it, it says Will Smith. But, yeah. you know, it could be a different Will. It's the other ones. <laughs> so I think this is the problem. This is a common phrase and it's a short story. Mm. Very hard to find these things. And possibly I've left it behind in another timeline and I'm here and you it was never written it. in this timeline. Yeah, there mm. we go. Like, the, like that movie with the Maybe people. you anyway, wrote it. So people have some problems with their memories and they can't talk about the United States. It's basically what mm. they end up realizing like nobody can actually talk about the country that is between canada and mexico or any events pertaining to such and everyone's a little bit confused so the the characters are all trying to sort of put together this thing when they can't even think about the thing that Mm. they can't talk about and why is the world it's like the world has a hole in it I'm sorry, spoilers, but you'll never be able to find this story unless you hear this bit. <laughs> it turns out that someone in the US invented a technology where if you you, you call the computer, because this is a fairly old story, mm. and you tell it what you wanted differently in life, the computer will change your timeline so that your life is different. But the problem is because humans are constantly seeking happiness, mm. but they never appreciate it when they actually have it. Every phone call, they they put the phone down and they're like, yeah, it's still not quite what I wanted. They t- they pick the phone up again. And so all Americans are now just, they're just sort of frantically shuffling through time forever. And they can't be contacted by the rest of the world. They've all been sort of siphoned off into an alternate reality. They're constantly <laughs> on the phone. Anyway, I can't find the name of the story, but sort of very vaguely related, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. We say about regret, Dan, in the story that the characters have things and they regret they want to change and, and, and they have different levels of ability to change them over time. But then you get other people in the story who don't regret anything and are just sons mm. of bitches and just want something more. I want power or I want dollars or whatever. And so those people, you go, oh, no, now they have the technology and they're just going to be bad but then of course how do you stop that mm. and that's like from so the people story who regret and care more are like mm. weaker in this universe no, no they they just unleash something they you do you do a terrible thing for the right reason you go oh i'm gonna i want to do this wonderful thing to because i want to save this person i want to do this thing and it's a love the reasoning is great but now you've let the cat out of the bag mm. and some son of a bitch turns up and goes i'm gonna really Get rid of America or whatever. You know, I'm going to do a thing, and and, you're and like, oh. it can be just a small thing. Like it may be some guy who like he he wonders what happened to the girl that he liked, mm. and he goes back in time and he connects with his ex girlfriend instead of meeting his wife. And this poor woman is now has these memories of mm. being married and having kids with this guy, and her husband and child of are just something in her memory Mm. and it gets bigger and bigger from that so it's about how Mm. these changes to the universe can affect everyone else but i guess that's the thing right so from the point of view of the people who put the person in the machine don't they just die and then they're like another sucker and they get another person through the point the point of view of the book you've got to follow somebody somebody's got to be the viewpoint character that you follow so you have some thread otherwise it's just an infinite series of branching timelines every time somebody goes in the machine right and they do they actually do work on that that's part of the story of of you have a viewpoint character and then it changes to a different viewpoint character <gasps> depending on the story uh, no depending on where they are in the memory line of of, of these people's lives and oh. then the the person that 
is important is no longer as important or maybe that wasn't the right person to be maybe that shouldn't be the the timeline we should be following maybe we should be following this timeline and and it's those characters working out who the actual hero of the story is themselves is that fair enough to say dan that's a, that's a way of looking at it yeah well there's two main characters but there there are different versions of mm. those two main characters as it goes back and forth between the the other versions that they meet in their mm. memories when they and change things and there's lots of things like they go, they, they, one character's doing something and then suddenly they go, okay, we're going to burst in the door and we're going to grab the guy and he'll have no idea we're coming and we, we, no problems. And then the other one just suddenly walks in and goes, no, 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 you die. We, when you open that door, you die. We, you, you get blown to pieces. I've seen it happen. Don't go there. And they're like, oh, oh. And then they remember. Then they go, sit down because this is going to get messy. Three, two, one. And then they get all the memories of being murdered oh. outside the door. And they're like, oh. God, and they can remember everything, and then they they remember the feeling of death. Imagine yeah. having that. Imagine going. I remembered bleeding on the floor and crying and screaming, holding my guts in, and then and then they're like, okay, you ready? Okay, let's move on. And so you're like, oh God, and you got to trust people. You got to go listen to me. This is what's going to happen, and you don't know if you go out there, it happens, and if you don't go out there, you're going to remember it when it should have happened. So and so, trust me. Give in two minutes, you're going to know I was right. And, you, and mm. these characters, it's all that kind of, mm. okay, how do you... And it, who, yeah. it, mm. it feels wonderfully complicated, but it's pretty easy to follow and pretty. it's it's a lovely sort of adventure mm. book as well. Yeah, it, sounds fun. What what I found fascinating with it, it, it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and everyone's trying to fix things and it just gets wider and wider and crazier and crazier. And then it finds a way to start bringing it back. And it starts... And I was quite surprised how... It turns it round and goes. We're going to go and we're going to we're going to try and make it an impossibly. It's not like recursion, even though it's called recursion, forever and getting larger and crazier. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, we're going to prune the story back to something to a point again, and it made sense. It's narratively at the end. satisfying. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. I was, yeah. didn't think it was going to, but it did. Imagine. Yeah. It. It's funny because Blake Crouch seems to s- sort of specialize in this. The only one I've read of his is Dark Matter. Uh, well, where, this is the um, first I've ever read of him. So. Oh, there you go. I think he's great. Yeah, well, you probably would enjoy Dark Matter. I mean, it's actually kind of similar, has multiverse aspect to it. So a guy, I think his name is Jason, he gets like knocked on the head and kidnapped uh, away from his wife and family. And when he wakes up, his wife and family don't exist anymore. And he's like, wait, what? And everything else about the world seems fine, except that his wife and family, they're all gone. And he's like, I don't understand. And then eventually he realizes, oh, this is not my timeline. I need to get back to my timeline. And uh, I there's so many spoilers I'm going to try and avoid giving. I think one thing I really <laughs> liked about it, when he inevitably starts chasing the person who has kidnapped him and knocked him on the head and so forth, and starts trying to get back to his timeline, how he feels when he time travels affects the timeline that he ends up in. So obviously <laughs> he's full of like anger and rage and despair early on in the book. So he just goes to like successively... Worse, worse <laughs> timelines where yeah. it just that so it's got a good way for the narrative to naturally reach that real nadir where you think how is he going to get out of this mm. and then there's kind of a moment as well where he gets back to a timeline that isn't quite his and so he's got a son and daughter but they're not quite his son and daughter mm. and as a parent that would be so weird, like to be, they're just, just one or two genes, just slightly mm, different. Mm-hmm. Am I in the right universe? Should I settle Ooh. here? It was quite cool. 
It would be impossible. We Dan and I have these many conversations about this. Is I can't remember the, what book or movie it was, and talking about time travel and and you and you know going back and you suddenly you go and your children are gone, and so mm-hmm. you're like, okay, I'll go back. Oh no, it was that movie. It was um, it was it was um, that awful British uh, time travel I actually, movie. I quite liked it, but you didn't like. It. Oh, what was it called again? And, and it's about a family. Of, it's Bill Nye. The and, guy can just jump in the cupboard and yes, travel through time. And and all the males of their, this family when they become oh, time the traveler's wife. No, no, it's not Time Traveler's Wife. It's no. not the Time Traveler's no, Wife. No, that's no, no. Eric Banner having yeah. this, like, hooking up with six-year-olds. Yeah. Was it? I just, well, I just remember crying. He goes, a lot he goes back and he meets his wife as a six-year-old and he kind of. About time. Yeah. There you go. About time. There, About that's the one. time. So, yeah. and in that, so he's like, oh, I, 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 you know, meets the girl of his dreams. He sets it all up and then he stuffs everything around and then he goes, he returns and goes, and there's this whole different kid looking at him. And he's like, who are you? And he's like, oh, daddy, I love you kind of thing. And he's like, oh, it's not my kid. And he, and in, what's silly is he manages to reverse it and get his own kid back. But that would be impossible. Let's just get gross for a moment. There are <laughs> millions of sperm going yeah. towards an egg. And, and you are, and, and they're not the same. That's the whole point of sexual selection. And it is very unlikely that you could, unless you were IVFing it, that, that you could get the right sperm into the right egg at the right time to create the same person. It's just not going to happen. No matter how much you. To, just to be gross depends how many times you try. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I haven't seen the movie. Have yeah. no idea what was yeah. involved yeah. in this, selecting the right sperm there. This no. is the butterfly effect. Yeah, yeah. like and it's it, it's a it was a misunderstanding of, of 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 how sex works. I think as in as in <laughs> it's, they, I think it was just kind of like oh if I if I put my genitals inside their genitals at the right time, it's all going to happen. It's fine. But you go no no no. There's all sorts of things going on inside like millions of things going on that had to happen in exactly the same way it's not the macro scale this is getting gross but it's it's not the macro scale it's the it's on a smaller level than this and how did you control all that I think like, love, probably. Love. I mean, it's Richard Curtis, right? So yes, it's a rom com. Yeah. probably didn't get too heavy on the biology. No. Just guessing. Maybe. No, yeah, that's true. But, <laughs> but don't make it about time travel and then, and then invite Dan and Greg to watch it. They didn't invite yeah. Dan and Greg to watch it. I, I, <laughs> I don't know whether there's any, any story that is worse when it comes to time travel and multiverses. I can't think of one. Oh, yeah. Well, I can think of several. Um, shall I go with my worst? Oh, I'll go with the worst. Second worst. What? Well, see, let's do second it. worst. Oh, okay. okay. Oh, f- first worst. No, let's, let's worst go all in. Let's go. Let's just go worst. in and okay. absolutely. Let's, let's, let's just take, okay. a, take an author so and give them a kick. We're an hour in. <laughs> <laughs> Several authors and give them a kicking. All right. All right. So, all right. You know, in comic book stories, right? Uh, eventually you have to have like a crisis on infinite earths. Mm-hmm. You have to have the tie in where Batman and Batman. Yeah. You know, that was a weird episode of Archie. Yeah, (sighs) they all come together and they all have to fight the thing that's going to destroy the entire multiverse. And Mm. and you're just sort of sitting there like, I have a headache. This Mm -hmm. is really not great. (laughs) There was a lovely, lovely attempt at making a multiverse book by Terry Pratchett and Stephen Baxter, where they attempted to create a kind of whimsical a whimsical uh, multiverse device where if you if you have a little potato i know you have mm. a potato and you put it in a little machine and then you think about the machine and you press the button at the right time oh you just move sideways onto a different earth mm. it's like um, an antenna so, i think it's described like the potatoes yeah. the potatoes for the power and there's sort of like a <laughs> a fairly simple antenna device and or then, something that allows people to Use some sort of innate ability. Yeah. But then 
it's it's very unclear whether first first it's an innate ability and then it mm. turns out you can use a device and then it turns out you don't need a device and anyway it's it's very hand wavy you can tell Terry Pratchett had a lot to do with the mechanics of this and Stephen Baxter was like I'm just gonna stay quiet until we get to the science fictiony bits <laughs> so they do this they have a potato I can't remember any of the characters because mm. this was such a nothing of a book but they step step sideways into another earth. And mm. I think this earth doesn't really have people on it. There's just, mm -hmm. you know, animals and plants. So mm -hmm. you've got a whole earth. It's ripe for exploitation. Mm. You know, you've got, you know, you could go start moving there, do whatever. If you keep going, you can keep using this device and you can just keep going. And it basically, earth is like a series of beads on a necklace. Mm -hmm. And there's just all of these infinite earths just all the way along. And you can just keep going. Sometimes, and this, as an astrophysicist, this was kind of cool. Earth didn't form. So you keep going and then you just step out into space, which is bad if you're not wearing a spacesuit. Yeah. But great if you can figure out how to step a space shuttle across because now you have free launch capacity because mm. you can just move your spaceship into the gap and then wait a minute and then go back. And now you're in space, much cheaper than launching a rocket. Yep. Yep. So there's kind of fun things you could do with this universe, which they just didn't really do. And the <laughs> <laughs> the fundamental problem is the same that these big sort of superhero universe multiverse things suffer from, where the stakes become so sort of high and simultaneously so low, mm -hmm. right? To In order to actually kind of make good on like a threat, to have like a narrative that means anything, mm -hmm. the stakes now have to be the whole multiverse. They have to be an intelligent swarm of nanobots that's going to consume the entire string of Earths. Mm -hmm. Or they have to be, you know, aliens at, at some point on the Earths that is just destroying everything. Or aliens in space that have discovered the multiverse and they're going to go through and destroy everything. And because if the stakes are low, if the stakes are like, oh, it would be... It would be nice if I didn't have to lose my house because the creditors are coming. Mm. You, you could literally just go to the next earth and there's like yeah. a whole earth there. So your stakes, you, you get stuck in this horrible space where in order to write a narrative, you have to include the whole multiverse, which then means keeping track of like 17 different earths, many of which are just kind of boring. Yeah. Um, I would agree with you when it comes to things like your DC things where you've got the same mm. characters occurring over and again. And, and again, but in this Terry Pratchett book, there's only one prime Earth where there are humans and there is some sort of existential threat, like deep in the multiverse that's coming to, to take out the singular Earth. So I'm not sure that I, mean, I would say that the stakes are still fairly high and that they were just never addressed in that yeah. first book. They're not I, addressed I, in the first book, but it's just kind of baggy. Ever. Yeah, it, it's it, it, just, it is. It's like you've got this huge hyperdimensional space of things to do with, and it's too big. Mm. You're like, there's not enough. Mm. Well, you know what people like? like pressure. Pe people like characters being changed. And the problem yes. in this was mm. that there was one human and a robot that flew off into the multiverse and no one else could go out there with them. And all they were yeah. doing was discovering stuff. Mm. But yeah. the stuff, every new thing that they discovered was completely irrelevant because yes again it's a tiny fraction of a, 
Infinite. It's about stories, though. We talked at the start of the podcast. It should be about stories. It, you you don't have to make it about universe. It's such a great story that can be written about this about this long Earth story. When you go, because they in the first book, the Yellowstone volcano goes up, and the prime Earth is in deep trouble, and people are trying to move society over. And they talk about libertarians moving off into the moving off into the infinite universe. The government can't control them. They can go and be woods people and chop down trees and eat bears. What are they going to do? That's the interesting story to me is how does society survive when everyone can just go mm. sideways, when resources are no longer a problem and, and cause that's not a big issue anymore. But how, when you have, when you start spreading out your billions mm. of population across in multiple universes, there's the story for me. How does yeah. human civilization go on? And they, they even made it interesting. Sorry, just to, just to continue on that thought process to begin with, it was they went, we're not going to have electricity. You can't put electricity. You can't put metal across it. They made these rules, which I went, Oh, that's interesting. Cause that's, that's a limitation to the, what you can do and how do we get around it? But then they just found a way to get around it. And now it's simple. And now you're yeah. like, Oh, I just went. So, so you got rid of the only problem that you had and now we don't have to worry about it. So nothing matters. And then they just kept yeah. doing it over and over, over again. and over. So every book completely eliminated the tension from the mm. previous book. There'd be some really critical thing they needed to do in a book and maybe by the end they'd do it with zero character development as far as I could tell. Mm. And then the next book would go, yeah, that didn't really matter because we've actually just figured out a way around that. In like mm. the first 10 pages over and over, it was it was just such a headache. And also yeah. you could really see the seams between where Terry Pratchett was writing and Stephen Baxter was writing <laughs> because it would be sort of all whimsical and comments on the state of society. And then it would be like, and now a cold-blooded description of these aliens and like the mechanics of this thing. And uh, I'm going to push well, back on that. Oh, sorry, Daniel. Because the, I mean, the thing that they did was an adventure tale in a multiverse, but in good sci-fi, what you want is a piece, a weird thing that happens, a piece of technology. And how does that affect Ex- everyone? Yes. Explore. Mm. That's what, yeah, but exactly. I think I agree with that very strongly. Um, I'm going to push back a little bit, Natasha, on that because not because of this series, but I, and Good Omens, Terry Pratchett and Neil Gaiman's books. And Neil Gaiman fantastic. has said very, which is fantastic. Everyone should definitely read it and watch the TV shows. TV shows, very, very good version mm. of it. But. Neil Gaiman says, everyone says, oh, I can definitely know which are the Terry Pratchett, bo- Terry Pratchett parts and which are the Neil Gaiman parts. And he went, you'd be surprised. Uh, and he always mm. said that. He always went, no, no, no. You have this idea of, you know, of Terry and myself. And he went, you'd be, he didn't say which ones. He went, you'd be very surprised if I point out which ones. You're probably not right. So I'm, I'm going to give Terry and Stephen the benefit of the doubt here and go, maybe we'd be surprised here as well. But but I don't know. I don't maybe know. they were trying yeah. to write like each other. Ooh. Mm. And maybe they were, it became kind of descended into parody. This potato yes. is so whimsical. I'm sure Terry could have written this. Yeah, I'm going to describe this alien in such you know mechanical terms. Stephen would have written this. That, and, yeah, and so you get the worst that, of both worlds. Potentially, potentially. Yeah. It, it, it was. I find it. I also am very frustrated with this series and Long Earth and Long Mars and all the rest because it, in my mind. As we were talking about before the start of the podcast, it's kind of like we came up with better ideas. Like, oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. I would, when someone gave me this kernel of an idea, Terry and Stephen gave me this amazing idea. My brain went to all these amazing places of what it could be and how interesting it'll be. And it just didn't do any, any of them. And not just my ideas, but anything of import. Any ideas. Yeah. Any, it's just any, a travelogue. Yeah. And, and it's through. a travelogue from an yeah. airship above everything above interesting. It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
And we even things like deeply... the troll people and the elves and all these sort of weird alien slash human slash who knows what they are. I know it gets more explained later in the books. I don't really care. Uh, but it's not fun. It's not interesting. And it, it doesn't, doesn't make very much sense if you think about it for more than about two yeah. minutes. You kind of go, yeah. well, you meet this, you know, well, only humans are here. And they start meeting these other humanoids, maybe Neanderthals, maybe... And you go, well, that the implications of that and what that could mean. And you're like, oh, my God. And they don't, as far as I remember. Nah, they nothing, no implications. It doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. No. So that's. So the, I think mm. on your point about what would happen to society, I feel like Kim Stanley Robinson could write that book. Kim Stanley Robinson could write the book where humanity has to boldly go into a stepwise set of Earths and what that does to us as like as a society, mm. uh, as a set of competing factions. You know, he can do those big zoomed out stories where you somehow get this really impressive view of what is happening with society, even while you're still following some characters that you really care about. And mm. equally, you could do more of a Blake Crouchy type thriller type thing where you're sort of you know perhaps there's just a couple of people who are chasing each other through this this infinite necklace but yeah a guy a robot and an airship oh my god so if so kim boring. blake if you're listening and of course you are you're, you're gonna be two of the seven then uh, along with andy and a few other people you, you should you <laughs> should are very write. literate illuminati they're very they're very Illuma literati they, they, they should <laughs> They should uh, rewrite the uh, or write their own versions of the Long Earth, and then I would definitely they they they'd get one copy, and we definitely review it for you. If you want to write it, we would definitely put a review in for you from the Smart Enough Book Club team. Uh, we would definitely happily write that for you. We could go on for many, many, many more hours, and in other universes, we probably did, but in this one, we have to bring it to an end. Gentle listeners, I hope you enjoyed uh, this book club. Please let us know your favorite multiverse stories. If you're angry about what we've said about the Long Earth, you write in and tell us. We'd love to know. And if, if you want to critique uh, Natasha's thoughts on astrophysics, you get onto Twitter. No, no. Uh, no be, be kind. No, no, no I'm sorry. <laughs> But tell me what you thought of version control when you've read yes, it. Yes, yes. Everyone should go and we should definitely get onto and talk about these books. Is there a multiverse book listener that you, we haven't talked about, I'm sure, that you're like, oh my God, they have to read this one because it's very, very different for these reasons? That we'd like to know as well. We can always go and revisit these ones in the future. Or maybe we already have. I'm sick of the joke already now I think about it. Yeah. I'm not, I don't, I'm In a different excited. timeline, we've re- reviewed different books, etc. We did. We did that's true. I like, I, like the, I like the idea. Maybe maybe we don't. In all the multiverses, we only ever... This is the linchpin of the universe. We only do these <laughs> books in this podcast. And this is, this is, the, this is the fulcrum. The entire universe is balanced the bottleneck. Ah. Oh. If you if you had a Patreon, you could say to the Patreon listeners, we will go to the multiverses and pick up all of the other episodes that we did about all of the other books. We and do have a Patreon. We have to do the work, right? We could just go to the multiverses and we, get all the other books that we talked about. Hooray. I, don't make, I don't know if we make enough money out of the Patreon to create a oh, multiversal machine. I'm not sure. It. I'm not too sure. I'm just going to rely on that. Or we could say it. that Sorry. we're going to do that, and then we yeah. can just say, no, it turns out we were a bottleneck. We were a linchpin, and true. this is the only one out there. That's true. Very and with that, mind Thank you for your blowing. money. <laughs> that mind-blowing thought process. Thank you, Dr. Natasha, for coming and sharing your love of books again with us. And Thanks, Greg. Thanks, Dan. It's been fun. And Dan, once again, always my partner in crime, my podcast husband. Thank you. I feel like I wasn't belligerent enough. Should I be more belligerent? You, you were very well behaved. No, yeah, you were. I think Natasha's put the, the scare on you. She was belligerent enough for the both of us. <laughs> 
And with that, gentle listener, we will talk to you again in a future podcast. Bye. I'm halfway through a series that got highly recommended to me and I'm just like, oh, this is so boring. Everybody <laughs> is just sitting around discussing things and there's like no action in these books. And I like my science fiction with more explosions, I think. <laughs> it's like a sandwich with a terrible filling that sits on the bottom of the sandwich. <laughs> That's a pizza. Yes, it's a sandwich it's with a, a horrible it, plate. It, I don't it's, know. A, it's a pizza that fell on the floor. Well, yeah, that's it's, right. a, it's a pi- it's a pizza, and then you're asked to eat the box. That is go. genuinely yeah, like what yeah. what reading this series is like. So. It's- <laughs>